instead of sparking new hierarchies, incentivizing each other to guide each other. Because, you know, from a holistic perspective, if we think we have everything in, in us, the inner universe yeah. is as rich as the outer universe and complete, that should, should be a, a level of um, approaching each other at, uh, in these different I'm Alexandra Kreis, and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns when past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So today I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. back to Outer Travel in a Journey. Today on my show, I'm sitting down with Jörg Reckenheinrich. Maybe mm -hmm. not so easy to say in English, that's why I say it straight out in German. Hello, Jörg, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fine. Yeah, I know actually it's, it's, it's quite a challenge for a lot of people with uh, Reckenheinrich, with the last name, yeah. which I think is a very German one. And what do it's they make out of Jörg? What do they make out of that, uh, your first oh, name? Oh, Jörg is very funny. I mean, so most it's like George or Jörg or something <laughs> like that. They, they, they try to handle the, the umlaut a little bit, which is very often very, very funny. It's very difficult and funny for us, of course. You know? <laughs> But then we do get a lot of laughs about our THs as Germans, you know, and like, like we can't speak them. Um, Well, let me introduce Jörg to you, dear listener, first. Uh, well, Jörg is not only an artist, but he is also a systematic coach with a deep love for positive psychology. And so where Jörg is right now, he sits in Berlin and is currently in his own gallery, which is, of course, infamously closed as everything else that has to do with art and self-expression currently. And we have to go digital And so the two things we want to talk about today, depending on how much time we get to do that, is Jörg's love for transformation through art and how digital education can help even women in poorer countries. Because we're working on that project right now, the women in Uganda. Um, but we come to that uh, at the very end, probably, of the show. So Jörg... I um, I really got triggered when you told me that you, you know, like coaching through art. I know therapy comes through art. You know, we know of art therapy, so it's not that far off. But maybe you can tell us how did you end up looking at art as a possibility of coaching and going deep into self-inquiry? Yeah, so thanks a lot for that question. So, I mean, it's, it's really a long story and it started about 40 years ago. So when I started to, and when I thought about to attend uh, an art school, I had the idea, so somehow I have to understand the art. And I was not interested at all in reading books on art history and let me, that, that some people are starting to tell me what I should think about art. So I thought there must be a life in each artwork itself. So therefore, 
I went to several museums. Uh, I, I took a chair. I was sitting down, and and then very often I fell asleep. And but I was really, really um, uh, observing artworks, especially paintings, for an hour or sometimes uh, uh, even longer. And so this was something like a start. And then I was very lucky that I went to uh, the art academy in my hometown, Münster. Yeah. And I got to know an artist, uh, which is my teacher or became my teacher, Ludmilla from Arsenyev. And so somehow she had the gracious and, and the opportunity to sit together every week from nine to 10 on Wednesday morning in a, in a, in a small room, pitch dark, and we were looking at artworks. And she was really waiting until some of the students were coming for. Well, I see something like that could be a tree, that could be a path, that could be something, I don't know what. And so therefore I, I simply, I think, so looking back, I, I really trained how to observe very deeply and intensively. So when I, when I then, then came to Berlin in 1988, so I started to, to go ahead with so-called art exercises. I went to museums like, like a tour guide, but Honestly, I was never, ever interested in, in, in telling mm. people about art as an expert. Mm. So what I did is, so I, had, I started to have intensive conversations with people in front of a piece of art. So, so for instance, so we were looking at a site mm. Twombly uh, artwork, and, and I still remember the situation. I think it's now about 20 years ago, and, and one person became very, very nervous. I mean, hey, man, take it. I mean, a Saitomli is a very poetic piece of art. Yeah. And she, she became very nervous. And I said, okay, let's step back. And so mm. I sensed that the tension was dropping down. And so we continued for more than an hour. Mm. And after an hour and a half, we went back to the painting. And of course, I asked her, is that fine for you? And she said, well, let's give it a try. Mm. And then this was very much a moment so that a young woman said, a perfect painting so I can really move from spot to spot mm. nothing determines me mm. and uh, so this fits perfectly to my life situation and then the older woman said well but actually you need a goal in your life yeah and it became very clear that somehow so the artwork it's not about the artwork itself it's also about the resonance of the person who is looking uh, to a piece of art. And that was some, somehow the beginning of all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like what, what that story brought up in me when you were telling it is like that sense and the fear of failure because it's um, a language that is used in marketing these days. So we come across art in the, in the minutest form, so to speak, sometimes. Uh, and on the other hand side, it feels like, I don't know this language, so I will fail if I say something about it that wasn't the intention of the artist. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I don't think artists ever think that way, but it's like from the user's end or from the perceiver's end, you know, that was my, my, my biggest challenge in being in galleries myself, noticing that when I walk around, I'll... 
I would would be afraid to, am I long enough in front of that painting? Can I say that I don't resonate with that? <laughs> of course. And you're telling me now, what I'm hearing you say is like, you're telling me now that it's also to do from the framework of my own perception of the world or how I was brought up, you know, with my yeah. values and so on and so forth. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, honestly to say, so I'm not very much interested in what, what artists think about their work of art. I mean, mostly artists are very incapable to, to tell about their art. They, they mm. Mostly they do not reveal that. I mean, especially the, the visual artists. Mm. And, and therefore, so we never ever started about thinking or talking what, what an art historian wrote about that or what the meaning, the opinion of an artist is that. So, yeah. We always started with a pure perception and then somehow the dialogue emerged. Mm. Yeah. And what, how did you move on from there? Did that kind of make you research courses or did you come, is there like coaching uh, for art or you think using art for coaching? Is that um, something, an established course or did you create that or how did you stumble across that? Well, I mean, so so actually, so it was something, so a colleague of mine, Marlene Nebelung, and she's also my co-founder in, in the company we're running. So we started to to work on that approach very systematically. And this is about, it's more than 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. we both had a love for art. We both had a love for, and still have, for that kind of approach. And somehow all what we did is we, we started based on our own experience and then we stepped back and tried to figure out is there a kind of a systematic process we can describe. And of course yeah. it was very helpful that, that I, I, was, I was in a training program in that time so I completed a systemic consulting education program and of course raising questions and, and mm. not even coming up with the with the answers is, is one of the profound ideas of systemic consultancy. So therefore there was a good match. And then we started, yeah, a kind of a systematic learning journey. So, so how are the steps? And what is the literature mm. writing about that? So we did quite a decent amount of work on, on so working with images, the iconic turn. Uh, we're talking about mm. since uh, many years at the moment. So therefore there was a lot we can add on the experience we already had. And we're still doing again, mm. we, we still did again and again and again. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and who do you draw in? You know, what is coming? What was coming out of that, you know, has path of, let's say, healing or insights, you know, because insights mean, means always for me to become more whole yeah. and to, to accept one. What is one of those? What are you taking from it, from that work <laughs> or what you're seeing happening with? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a wonderful question. So I never, ever know. I never ever know. And this is actually so why I love the format so much. So mm. even if, let me say, the coaching questions, so what we have to do in coaching, clear to set up so the framework for the question, mm. or let's say the coaching setting. So what would you like to talk about? What would you like to get as an answer or a solution out of that session? But I, I insist so that we dig deeper and deeper and deeper, which means I involve myself and the client, the participant, mm. into that enormous 
observation process. So sometimes we're standing in front of a piece of art for an hour or even sometimes two. And through that process, so we come to a moment and very often so that something emerged, which I, which, which was not there before. And we couldn't even, I, and specifically the client, the person who's coming to that uh, program, to that coaching session, she or he mm. didn't know it all that this was all about. So this is very surprising. And it's, it's like uh, you let go of a lot of things while you observe a piece because somehow mm. the choice you do has so much to do with your own ideas, with your own question you're involved with. But mm. then somehow through this, let me say, going down deeper and deeper and deeper. So you touch mm. a moment where you think, wow, this is something completely unexpected. This is something mm. something emerge of that out of that process, and it's very often very surprising. Ah, and well, I have two questions. And the the first one is, how do you choose the piece of art you're going to work with with someone? Is there, a, uh, and how do you do it uh, in these times of pandemics and closed halls? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or museums. Yeah, well, I mean, so the optimum is that we start the coaching session. So we have kind of a pre-conversation about the general topic. And then we start the coaching session. I love to do this. I mean, in a life situation, so to say, yeah. in the museum, of course. So we reframe the question. And then, so the first task is, so please, so we enter now the exhibition and please forget your, uh, your question. So I yeah. intentionally say, forget, let go of the question. And then, so in the optimal, idealistic situation, people walk through the gallery and somehow I find a piece or the piece finds the person. So I encourage that, that person a lot not to illustrate the question. It's much more interesting that I don't know why, but this, this painting that somehow attracts me and this is really a good starting point. So this is, I mean, an optimum. Sometimes, okay, it needs a little bit of a push. I say, well, might that be an idea? And then the person, no, oh, I don't think so. Mm. All right, let's take a look for another one. Mm. But basically, this is the way how we find the right piece. And okay. coming back to your second question, I mean, about the digital. So yeah. I was a little bit nervous at the start of the pandemic, but, but somehow we went along and we saw how we can involve that into training programs. Mm. And it was very fascinating to see so that the art coaching process itself, mm. it's very doable in the digital format. Ah, okay. What are, what are the transformation of, you know, like what is happening with the people when they do this kind of coaching? Is it like they, they see their shadow cells or they, they, they kind of suddenly understand themselves through seeing them analyze or, you know, communicating with the art or whatever you call it at that point. Yeah. No, I think it's much more concrete. It's, it's, it's yeah. very often. So the solution or what emerge is very concrete to give you an example. Hmm. So I, I was talking to a client and uh, she was thinking about to reposition herself after a job position and the transfer situation to a new organization. Hmm. And we went through a gallery and she was, uh, attracted by a painting of Giorgione, which actually she looked at the rabbit 
there was a small rabbit in the painting. There yeah. was also a big Mars and a big Venus, mm. and uh, Mars is sleeping while Venus is watching the situation. But she was attracted by the rabbit. And I said, all right, if that is the anchor to get yeah. access to the painting, let's go ahead. But finally, so what happened is, so we asked intensively about, so who are you as a person? Who do you want to be in the future? Mm. I know that you have been very good in being the Mars fighting with, uh, with other people. And in the painting, so the armor of Mars, uh, so he let go of the armor and some, some little angels, some Buddhists were playing with that armor and mm. they were playing around and they couldn't deal with that and say, well, I don't know how to use that. And she said, this is exactly the situation in my old organization. Oh, so I have yeah. let go of the armor, but people do not know how to play with that. And yeah. then I asked her, so who do you want to be in the future? Yeah. And I thought she wants to be more this mature image of Venus. Yeah. Being very uh, present, uh, somehow very centered. And she said, no, it's really in the middle. It's between Mars and Venus. I have both parts and I can handle both parts. And this was very surprising for me. Yeah. I, I have a hypothesis, but she went, I mean, in a completely different direction. Yeah. yeah. So what was very interesting to see, that was a start for a reposition process, how she would like to enter the new organization. So fascinating because as coaches, one can sense the other you know like as highly sensitive coaches that i meet over and over again and highly tuned in one can jump ahead with the conclusions of um and even though you get trained not to you know like that the skill lies in the questioning it's it's super i mean it's it's the growing process while you are a coach right Jörg? it's yeah. it's it's part of how how that work kind of fulfills me i don't know what that work does for you yourself. Yeah, I mean, so I, I always say, so, so I do not see myself sometimes in that framework, how it's described to being a coach. So especially in that art coaching situation, I'm involved as well. Mm. I mean, first of all, I do my own observations. It, it's like, what do you see? And then I say, well, that is most interesting here with that part of the painting. So tell me more about that or say, wow, this is very surprising. I didn't see that at all. So hmm. for me, that part in the painting was more attractive. So what I do is from time to time, I put myself on the same observation level as the client. Hmm. And then, so somehow this is, I don't know why it's, it's even hard for me to describe that or what, what, is there a methodology behind? I don't know. But it's more the eye-to-eye -eye level. It's mm -hmm. more about so being involved mm -hmm. and not being too much so, okay, I ask the questions and you give the answers. So yeah. it's yeah. basically to say it's, it's so much fun to do the observation together with the person who's involved in that process. It's a learning process for me as well. Hmm. And it, yeah, exactly. And that's the whole thing. The more I, the, the more I look into coaching and leadership and what do I want if I have a growing team organization, whatever, what is my, my goal? And what I hear you describing in, in the relationship with your client is that 
there is time now there it's it's a great time of chaos and we might be able to use this chaos instead of sparking new hierarchies incentivizing each other to guide each other because you know from a holistic yeah. perspective if we think we have everything in in us the inner universe yeah. is as rich as the outer universe and complete that should should be uh, a level of um approaching each other at, uh, in these difficult times as well absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and that's what i that brings me a little bit into asking you about your new project which is um about digital um digital solutions for yeah. growth yeah or yeah, um, yeah. yeah. well or yeah, empowerment actually... <laughs> Yeah, actually, actually, was that was another kind of uh, coincidence. So I'm I'm working. I have a friend in Finland, mm. um, Patrick Furu, and and I know him for more than ten years now. And he works as a professor at a business school. And we were handing lots and lots and lots of programs. And we were running Mission Impossible tasks. And we did the gallery <laughs> exercise. And he's in deep love with with yeah. DAS workshop. So we went along very, very well. And then about, I think, four years ago, so he said, well, I'm, I'm now part of a company. I said, well, Patrick, tell me what is this all about? And then he introduced me to Talent Miles. And Talent Miles is, is uh, a web-based learning solution, which is completely different from what we know from learning management platforms. We do not put yeah. all the content on a platform where people can choose. It's yeah. kind of a of a design where you create a learning path yeah. dedicated to a specific topic. Mm. And we design the single tasks mm. and also we facilitate the program as a learning coaches. So this is basically so the more the technical background. Mm. But what happened is that, that in that time, I started to train myself more towards the direction of positive psychology yeah. Which somehow, honestly, to say, well, I say there must be a different way in life. <laughs> <laughs> to take yes. a more positive yeah. look. And yeah. I was really attracted to say not to look at the weak side and somehow, well, I was not good in this and that and my father and my mother and all that and saying, no, so look at the side so, so of growth. Look at the side of what are you good in, in terms of your strengths? How can you flourish? Mm. How can mm. you bring in a situation, a creative situation that you uh, have a kind of a, of a building, growing, flourishing setup? Mm. So therefore I was very attracted. And, and so that was the moment, and this is about two years ago, when my colleague and co-founder Marlene Nebelung and I thought about this well we both have this systemic understanding we both have the love for art as we mm. develop together the art coaching approach and we both have a love for positive psychology mm -hmm. why should we go ahead and run that as a program and then we mm. came across so the talent miles solution and then we said wow let's think about that mm -hmm. and that was really the start of a whole story which leads us now to the question, so how can we provide highly quality, qualified programs, good quality, high standard, and good yeah. quality of education programs, as we sometimes say, in every corner of the world? Mm -hmm. 
And what, what is the, the background of the education? I mean, one can be educated in engineering, one can be educated in, I don't know, what, what is that you educate with? Yeah, basically, basically, so we, as we say, PARTS is the name of the company, which stands for Positive Psychology, the arts and the S is somehow like mm. the systemic um, attitude we all, we, we mm. have. And, and so, of course, I mean, you can apply such a program more to specific topics like engineering, but we take that approach as we combine the technique and our background and interest more towards how to provide programs or to, how to run programs based on positive psychology. So first of all, with leadership programs, we train people on the PERMA model of positive psychology. So mm -hmm. PERMA is an idea of um, positive emotions, engagement, relationship, meaning, and achievement, which is mm -hmm. a well-researched model in positive psychology. And so we build programs around that and we specifically look to, to the demand. What is the real demand we can target and then design the program around that. Hmm. And what's the demand then in Uganda and with the women in that project you get involved right now? I mean, that was very fascinating. I'm, <laughs> it was also a coincidence. I got to know, um, his name is Firmin, and I got to know him through the BMW network about two years ago. We have been on a conference in Ghana, in Accra, and uh, we prepared a workshop and somehow the cooperation was very nice, very mm. thankful, appreciative and so on. And so we liked it, Asha, and we said, so somehow, someday something will happen. And then Firmin dropped a couple of messages in a WhatsApp uh, a message or channel and said, well, we're working on girls for tech, mm -hmm. women leadership, women uh, um, leadership shows. So they have a kind of an online TED talk format of young women, young yeah. leaders, African leaders. And I said, hey, Fermin, let's talk. I mean, we're, we're running programs around that topic as well. And mm -hmm. this is about six, uh, yeah, six weeks ago. So we had a good talk and I introduced him to, to the approach, a technical approach and the background we have is positive psychology. And then he said, hmm can't we run a program for young women in Uganda, specifically mm. for young leaders? I mean, mm. that could be young women which are still at university or at the start of the career. How can we support them in terms of self-esteem, self-understanding, driving constructive, mm. very constructively, but positively, their own understanding and also communication cooperation. So this mm. is somehow so what we're thinking about at the moment and starting to create. Mm. And how is this financed? I mean, it's just an interest because we talked about like the <laughs> we talked about that some people don't have the resources to actually afford this. Yeah. Mm. Well, this is a very question well chosen, I think. Mm. Um we're very clear about this that, I mean, as a pro bono activity, what we also do at the moment, but that could be a pilot program, let's say with mm. eight people to 12 people, which mm. is a small amount of work or a small program. And we could do this, let me say three, four times during the year. But then, so if that program is scaling, 
So then we have to, to really define a different uh, business uh, plan. Mm. So therefore, we have a strict idea how to turn this not, let's say, not to a, a profit organization, to a profit project, but, but somehow, I mean, at least a minor income must be created, first of all, for using the application. Mm. But secondly, that we need to get people on board who are, are helping us and we have to pay them. Mm, yes. So therefore, we're still working on that business model and we have to think about. So you're in the pilot, you're in the beta phase of that yeah. project. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice to hear. Very nice to hear. Yeah. It, it, it kind of gives hope. I feel it gives hope because um, I think like you, a lot of us want to have more positivity in the world. You know, like we, there is no sense in constantly moaning <laughs> mm. <laughs> that cultural yeah. background or the German cultural background of kind of being in the always like, you know, but I, I could do this better. And the, the criticism, which is so easily to give while doing is the hard part. Um, like that, that's what I learned from my first artist friend. She said, like, you know, we talked about... Um, What's his name? The German, very famous artist of B, with the... Um, with the heads? Yes. Joseph Beuys. Beuys. You're talking Beuys. about Joseph Beuys. Beuys. Yeah, and yeah, the social sculpture. Yeah. yeah. This is also and, a very strong source I'm related to. Yeah, and I was like, you know, like, yeah, but I could have done it. You know, like the, this typical attitude of like, why is he doing that? That's just like, that's like my bathtub at home. Oh, I can like tell you a lot about him. I mean, so I was in deep love and still in deep love with his understanding of art. And, and yeah. 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 And, uh, but what she said, what I wanted to say here as maybe a bit of a finishing line, you know, it's, it's not about knowing better or can also do it's about daring to be out there and just doing it and then trying to shift the world with the simplest notion you know i mean my counterpart of boys was uh, warhol you know like he was <laughs> the one i studied inside out so <laughs> which i found had similar traits to to boys as far as i can understand him um yeah absolutely Absolutely. But, nice companions. There was a very famous uh, meeting of Boyce and Andy Warhol, I mean, way back. And so they said, well, this was one of the key moments in art history for, um, for, for many, many, many years. Mm. Uh, very fascinating. No, but I, I think so, so. So what I want to say is about, so um, and it's, a, it's a very basic, not understanding, it's, a, it's, a, it's an experience at the moment. I think it's unbelievable we make so yeah. that in the western context well germany in our small cosmos so to say not the western yeah. context so but yeah. in our small context we see at the moment that everybody thinks okay we have to move forward somehow mm. and still it, it's so like like well the respond and to get things done and to do it and uh, to make the experience is very hard to do so, and for the agenda project, I thought about, so they told me, so they put out a program on Facebook and they had mm. 20 places and they got about a 250 applications, even from out of wow. Africa. I said, what? Yeah. Uh, we have to learn from you guys how you do the marketing. 
Yeah. So what I want to say, it's not about selling. What I want to say is very much about, so there seems to be a real demand. Yeah. And sometimes I, I see or I sense here that somehow I see, so people are so, they have so many opportunities to learn, to get support, to get whatever they need. Yeah. And sometimes I think, wow, it's very hard, well, to make the point and say, so how can we create meaningful programs, situations, and that for learning exchange and dialogue. And not to underestimate the, the small things we can do that make such an impact. I, I watched this uh, documentary about hope in Africa, in Kenya, about somebody who started collecting shoes for Kenyan, for yeah. Kenyan kids, because one of the things in Kenya is that they, they are like um, school is mandatory, but they have a rule around it. And it's like they have to fulfill certain aspects. And if they don't have shoes, they're not allowed to come. And yeah. so, um, you know, as we can imagine, that's not affordable for, for kids who are in foster homes and orphan orphanages. And they do come with a lot of hope around, like as soon as they get the chance to take that chance. And what we're learning, what we can learn from that engagement is the humbleness of the small actions that had, that creates great ripples. And yeah. I'm very grateful for you for trying to move the tide with your project. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Do you have a last word of advice or insight to our listeners? Well, from an artist's point of view, I always say have the courage to try out before you think too much. So if you see and sense something which you yeah. think, wow, that is interesting, that stimulates me, go for it. Do and run and make it your experience and then you learn from it. That's yeah. the artist way. Yes, that's the artist way. I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough for saying that because that's also my approach to life, you know, like to really investigate how to be in conversation with life instead of, in conversation with hierarchies and successes that are um, socially bound um, or created to society. Um, yeah. 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 So thank you, Jörg, for this beautiful interview. Thank you. And I hope we could inspire some of you. All the information about Jörg you found in our show notes. So if you're interested to get in touch, communicate, or even take his coaching, you can do so by clicking the links below. Thank you once more to everybody listening. I see you next week for our follow-up show. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation.